0: now in their final stage here is supposed to play one of the main characters warland disgraced russian footballers pavel mamaev and alexander kakorin will spend another two months in prison after a moscow court extended their detention for assault on wednesday court granted the request of investigators to extend the detention till the 8th of april the pair committed a series of assaults in october at the end of a night out in moscow the death toll from the apartment fire on Nikitsky Boulevard in central Moscow has increased to nine people. The emergency services situations placed the death toll at eight killed in the fire initially. Another border was found in the rubble earlier on Wednesday. The fire started on the fifth floor of the seven-story historic building. Investigators opened a probe into the incident. The workers have hit the streets to prepare for today's snowstorm as the forecast calls for heavy snowfall and slipper roads and the capital. Authorities are asking people to use public transport rather than their own vehicles due to icy roads. Valentine's Day is fast approaching and there are activities to celebrate the holiday for people of all ages in the capital. A kissing competition for Valentine's Day will take place at the capital's Wodunka, the pair that manages to maintain their kiss the longest will receive a prize. The Moscow Zoo will also mark the day by giving out some special treats to their animal residents, from heart shaped snacks for polar bears to fresh strawberries for monkeys. Couples who tie the knot from the 14th of February will also enjoy free admission to the zoo. <laughs> It is currently four points uh, out of a possible 10 on the roads. Driving time to and from Vnukov airport is about uh, one hour both ways. 40 minutes to Shorymecheva. About the same to the city over an hour to the Madi other One hour and five minutes from the airport to the city centre. Five degrees Celsius in Tokyo, 11 in London, five in New York. Clear skies here in Moscow. The temperature is standing at minus one degree Celsius. That's it from me, Yulia Walkover. Do stay tuned for more.
1: Moscow. Sports, with Alan Moore.
2: Good evening, listeners. This is Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore. Uh, we will be having a call very, very shortly with uh, Mr. Andrew Flint, he's all the way in two men. And of course, in the third segment, we will have Andy McLean on. Uh, we have mm, quite a packed show this evening. However, right beside me, on my right, both to my right, I have uh, Alex B. Ah, uh, hello. And Peter B. Hey. Okay, so... Uh, we are, I mean, it's always very, very hard because there's two uh, aviation-related incidents uh, that kind of cropped up, say, yesterday and today. So we're going to have a little bit of chat about those in just a moment. Uh, a bit later on, we'll run down the Six Nations results from last week and look ahead to this week's games in the second round of Six Nations in rugby. We will have a talk about the Super Bowl in segment two. And, you know, we will have some very, very good interviews, previews, reviews. Views and news from around the world of sports. Now, we'll start off with something that happened 61 years ago today on February 6, 1958. Flight BEA 609 failed in its third attempt to take off from Munich Ream Airport in Germany. The plane was carrying, uh, amongst others, the Manchester United football team who were returning from a European Cup match, as it was known then, now of course, the Champions League. Um, coming back from a game against Red Star Belgrade in the former Yugoslavia. The plane failed to take off, crashed, ripped off its left wing and crashed into a house. Of the 44 people who were on board, including the crew, 20 died at the scene, three died later on from their injuries. Of those dead, seven were Manchester United players and three were uh staff there were also eight journalists killed as well who were on the flight so i mean it was a terrible 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 tragedy i'm starting off the show just like this because you know it is something that is being remembered all around the world right now in the world of football in the world of sport um because it's something that like either life can disappear in just the blink of an eye and of course the day before yesterday um, the body the wreckage and bodies of from the Emiliano Sala flight that went down carrying the uh, player who was just signing or just signed for Cardiff City from the French Club Nantes, uh, disappeared from the radars and crashed into the sea just off the south coast of England. Now today, of course, football moves on, business moves on and people are looking to make money and Nantes, because the deal was £15 million pounds altogether for the player to move to Cardiff City in the English Premier League. Nant are looking for a percentage of that 15 million they said even though the player of course is dead was killed before he even set foot onto the field for Cardiff City in a a competitive game Uh, it doesn't matter because they signed a contract so it's uh, Cardiff City's fault so that will drag out again money wins all Okay, we're going to go away to Siberia to the cold vast wasteland full of snow but it's going to be nice and bright now because we have our man in men, Mr Andrew Flint Andrew how are you doing?
3: Uh, not too bad, Alan. Good
2: to be back on. That's good. Listen, uh, I know you had a, you were preparing very, very, well for the show, and you're well rested. So that um, <laughs> that 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 bit about the Munich air disaster as a Manchester United fan and from the city as well, um, it's it's a very emotional day for a lot of people around the city. And uh, you know, 61 years later, even the current crop of players from Marcus Rashford and so on, they still feel the the uh, the effect of it.
3: Well, they do. I mean, it's it's one of those completely, not just era-defining, but it will define the club forever. And it's something that my father lived through at the time. He was quite young, but he was old enough to understand it, obviously. Um, and, you know, every time you go to Old Trafford, they still have the Munich clock on the corner. It's the first thing you really see, to be honest, when you come down to Matt Busby Way. And there 's a small memorial on one side, and the tunnel underneath the South stand has a tribute to all of the players and the journalists and other people who were who, who died in the in the tragedy um, it 's it's, it's hard to talk about because it was such a different era you know news. Fed through a day or even two days later, people went to the Manchester Evening News evening edition to get the latest updates. They didn't have it on Twitter, social media. It was it was such uncertainty, and and of course the tragedy was heightened by the just incredible promise of the team, of the players that died. Not to take anything away from the journalists and other members of public who died, but it was just. It, it was unimaginable. Um, so it's, it's something that is well-remembered and, of course, will be forever.
2: And, uh, like, given all that's gone on in the past, and, of course, there was a kind of, like, just a loss of young life and some terrific players, like, you know, uh, Liam Whelan, of course, and uh, Edwards as well. I mean, do you think that... Um, I don't know, does it still have an effect in, you know, even when the good times are rolling, people still have it in the back of their minds even now, even a generation or even two, three generations removed from, from that period?
3: I think the one positive thing is that the memory has, has remained and it, it has given some impetus. <clears throat> it's given some feel to the team. But you mentioned Marcus Rashford, for example, some of the young generation today. Um, when they are just going full, full of confidence, some might even call it cocky, but Manchester United fans appreciate that attitude, that, you know, foot on opponent's throat, we're going to attack, 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 we're going to, we're just going to have too much for you. This, this team represented that and I think there's an element of that that still carries over Um, and any player who joins the club, if they don't understand that, if they don't appreciate that and respect that, then they don't last and it carries over to every level of the club and, it's not something that you would you should hope for, but it is what we, the club has taken out of the tragedy, and I think it does carry on today.
2: Um, you know, we, we, we of course know there's, and I don't want to bring it up too much because of the the ter- like the, the surroundings of it and the uh, impending court case, the tragedy in Hillsborough involving the Liverpool uh, team, Liverpool club, and fans. Um, I mean, the, you know, again, that's another sort of like moment where kind of clocks stood stand still, continue to stand still. Do you think that um, it's marked well in sport or can it be done better? For example, we had like not so long ago the, the uh, Ibrox disaster uh, for the Rangers fans. Do you think the sport will remember it better, say, than because of the whole nature of sport, that, that uh, sports fans and sports teams do these memorials better? Not, not in a cheesy way, but just that it, it's closer to home. Well, I
3: think possibly. Um, I think the one problem is when you have something as far-reaching, as raw as these tragedies, um, there's always going to be a personal take that a lot of people will have that slightly differs. Some people will want more, some people want less memory. Um, but it's something that shouldn't be shied away from, and any club or organisation that makes that effort should be applauded for it. I mean, one thing I noticed, Alan, about the, the Munich memorials is that in belgrade and munich they are always absolutely fantastic at remembering and there's always a delegation of old united players who invite people to belgrade and munich um on these days and i think if anything that's a that's a positive way to remember to not forget all elements of it um not that there's anything at all that that the part-time Red Star Belgrade sorry um, uh, club and players own but the fact that they want to be remembered that they they were part of it I think that's one positive way perhaps that could be done
2: I mean, okay I mean yeah when we go back just just you know like looking at the screen in front of you all these lists of um, like you know air crashes uh, involving teams of course we remember in Russia not too long ago the uh, last last October we remarked about or November excuse me um, or sorry, September, the Lokomotiv Yaroslavl ice hockey team, which, of course, you know, um, you know crashed as well um, in Yaroslavl. I mean, it's it sort of, it's, it is very, very difficult. And then when we look forward to today's news, this breaking news that seemed a bit vulgar, uh, that Nantes FC, or FC Nantes in France, are demanding payment from Cardiff City over Salah. Um, I, I have to be honest.
3: I, I, find, I find impossible to know what exactly the right response is. I'm not entirely sure how they are justified in demanding payment from, from Cardiff unless they specifically hold the club responsible. I, if there is anything behind their claims, and I don't for a second believe that or support it at the moment because I don't know the facts, but if there is, there's never a tasteful time to, to approach it sort of matter. Um But I have to be honest, there's a lot of reports that I've seen um, that suggest there was wrongdoing around the transfer from various agents, various fingers in pies. And it just leaves a very, very sour taste. You know, the delay and uncertainty in finding out what has actually fully happened um, hasn't helped at all.
2: Yeah I mean we, we we sort of we just discussed that in the chat well in in the past week between us uh, over the weekend that um, you know there was like agents wanting money that they're pushing to sell this player mm-hmm. um, but also as I as I heard back from um friends and contacts in France that the guy Kita who's the owner of Nantes you know, has his own kind of agenda as well. Like he's a little bit dodgy, and I mean, most people in France would would term him almost like a criminal um, because he was trying to push through and basically selling a player that you know really didn't want to be sold, but he was pushing it. So moving moving away from that, um, Peter Peter has a question here beside me.
4: Hey Andrew, uh, I was wondering, like, has the title race opened up in England after Monday's result? You know what? I
3: think I think it has. I mean. The, the, that drop point against West Ham for Liverpool was, I mean, I want to see it as a turning point because nobody wants to see Liverpool win the title, obviously. Um, <laughs> Especially but, the Manchester uh, United fans, fans yeah, so we'll move on, yeah, move absolutely on. Absolutely not. <laughs> but no, it, it, in all seriousness, um, Manchester City are an absolute, absolute machine. Um, you know, their whole ethos around the club, the style they play, is so ingrained. And, and for whatever people may think of Pep Guardiola, he's a master. setting up a team and and they will be very very difficult to shake off Um, the the worry for me is that Liverpool are a frightening side when they go forwards and if they get all their players fit again in defence then Mm. it could be it could be a very very tight race but I think it's definitely on
2: OK, um, from, from that, uh, tonight Man City, of course, are playing 10.45 kick-off, Moscow time against Everton. They're away, of course, in Goodson Park. Um, they cannot afford to slip up, can they?
3: No, absolutely not. I think tonight is critical. Um, Everton are a very hard side to work out. Off the pitch, I think they're a complete mess, um, But on the pitch, they just sometimes pull out good performances. So, um, just like on, on Monday, I actually genuinely was, without bias, reasonably hopeful that West Ham would get a result against Liverpool um, Everton I'm worried will do the same mm. um, but Manchester City have fewer key injuries out they have enough of their key players still in but I think they should have enough um, so it's, yeah, if they drop points tonight then it's, it's that missed opportunity to close that gap um, I think that would be fairly damaging
2: because on Saturday, of course, or sorry, Sunday at 7pm Moscow the time, they take on Chelsea at home. So a win tonight will set them up with, you know, a good chance. Because that, that Chelsea team are very, very up and down. Especially, you know, Liverpool are playing Bournemouth at home 6 o'clock on Saturday. So you expect them to win that. So basically, City need six points from six points.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if they if they get the result tonight, then... It's that psychological edge. It's like playing cricket. You want to bat first, get runs on the board. Um, it's that sort of attitude. Get the win first, even if Liverpool still have that game in hand. Now, absolutely mathematically have to catch up, um, but um, they can't. They can't really afford to lose. I, to be honest, almost again this season. Um, but luckily, Manchester United still have to play them, so
2: they will do it these months. OK. Listen, Andrew, thank you very, very much for that. Um, thank you again for, for coming on, and we will talk to you again, same time, same place, next week.
3: Perfect. Great to speak to you,
2: guys. Thanks, Andrew. Oh, OK, that's Andrew Flint of Ronnie Dog Football, always as informative and good as ever. And, of course, guys, I mean, that, that, that plane crashes. And we're we're, we're discussing and We've had it close to home, of course, here with uh, the Locomotive ice hockey team. It's always tough when something that happens. I mean, it's uh, you know we see it in America. They've made movies about it. But yeah, definitely. It's it's. I don't know, get,
4: it's it's always nice that like teams they do these events and uh, different stuff to remember those uh, horrible events.
2: Exactly. Well, listen, we're going
4: to go to the break right now. We have
2: probably one of the worst, most hated uh, songs of all time uh, related to the World Cup. It was used in the Hyundai advert. Uh, it'll lead us into the second segment where we're going to be going to Super Bowl because they played at the halftime show, that big mega halftime show, Maroon 5. So we're going to wait to the break with Maroon 5 and a really terrible, terrible cover version of Bob Marley's Three Little Birds.
1: Capital Sports with Alan Moore. message to you stand-up with Steve Foreman. Ah, here we go.
5: <laughs> you know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me.
6: <laughs> you can really taste the Soviet Union in a larder. You know, there's like a where well, you can smell petrol. That's the main thing. That's the <laughs> main thing
1: you notice,
6: to be honest. And actually, the Lada doesn't start just by turning the key. You also, I have to sort of go. Mm, boy, s***. Like, there's like there's like an element of that. Like. You know, oh, British we people. We gave you a language. Oh, oh British. For
1: people. God's sake! I'd wish you'd use it. <laughs> 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 Every Thursday at nine PM, Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Are you serious? You got to a Capital. With Alan
2: Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, boys and girls. We are back with Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore. And still in the studio with me are Alex B. and Peter P. Hey, Okay, yeah. so we are going to start talking about the Super Bowl in just a moment. But a quick rundown on the KHL, the standings, Siska, they are leading the way into the playoffs there in first place. Ska, St. Peterburg are in second. Now, Dinamar are doing very, very well as at the game last week. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, Interesting atmosphere, interesting club. They are in fifth place. Spartak are in sixth. Vityaz, who are in Podmoskovia, they are in seventh. So all those teams are all going to be in the playoffs right now, but it is a bit tight down there at the bottom. Next game's coming up. Uh, a huge derby, a Moscow derby 7.30 on the 11th next Monday between Spartak Moscow and Dinamo Moscow. So tickets are still available, but they are going very, very fast for that at the uh, CSKA uh, Ice Palace. Okay, so last weekend, huge game. Terrible, boring. we well, yeah. We I mean you. We, it's, we it's met up one morning and we're talking it, it's, about
4: it. It's a, it's a given because two like good teams. The best it out. offensive
2: teams. Yes. with good defenses, of course.
4: Well, Rams are supposed to be the best offensive team in the in the league, but. look look, look how it all played out so the
2: LA Rams of course earlier as a Monday morning LA Rams took on the New England Patriots in the uh, was the Mercedes Dome in Atlanta Atlanta, yeah Yeah, in Atlanta and um, okay apart from the the halftime show the game through three quarters actually didn't have a single touchdown
4: yeah it was like Sonny Michelle came in with a touchdown on fourth quarter. I believe in the fourth quarter. So it was the first yeah. time ever a Super Bowl
2: has not had a touchdown in three quarters of play. Yeah. But okay, even then it was three three going into that uh, that uh, fourth quarter. It was a tough game. But as we were both mentioned on Monday morning, I mean there was a lot of um, kicks. They were kicking the ball. Yeah, yeah. all the, the
4: time. Uh, Rams, I believe, till I played, like like uh, third uh, quarter or something like that. Every every play resulted into a kick. And so like yeah so they punted the ball y- every time yeah that's how that's how like uh, I believe Patriots got the first field goal and then Rams and then Sonny Michelle came in with a touchdown and then raps uh, uh, Patriots uh, sorry finished it off with a, another field goal
2: Exactly I mean it was it was a case where, where um, the the Patriots they took the lead in uh, the third quarter on a field goal uh, and of course, then as uh, Peter said, that the uh, the Rams equalized. They 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 got one, and I mean it was a terrible one because they were on they were attacking well. They were on the off- yeah, offense, yeah, definitely. Um, and then all of a sudden, their, their quarterback got sacked, driven backwards, and he, he had a 50, how many fifty four yard. Yeah, attempt? it was
4: like yeah, it was something. A lot, but you know what? Like everybody, like got like everybody heated. Everybody's pissed off. Ted Gurley had like not played like at all, pretty much. Yeah, he he
2: had nothing. Todd, this is running back, back running, running back. Yeah, Todd. Yeah, Todd yeah and yeah. Yeah,
4: like everybody's pissed. Is like, oh, well, why, what does he do? Like what? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe, it, maybe uh, Rams would have won if he played. Who knows? But.
2: Well, I think I think the uh, it looked like the Patriots' defense were very very well yeah, were, and Belichick is an amazing uh, defensive H- coach.
4: Hightower, Hightower, unbelievable. He was just. Yeah how, how he tackled uh what I forget his last name the quarterback for the Rams Golf. No just yes yes yeah, Ryan, Goff, Ryan yeah, Goff. yeah yeah he, he, I think he was the one who gave him the like the he just somehow got past the the, the defenders and he just tackled them
2: It of was course, really cool There was the uh, issue over um the well the, who can you remember who won MVP
4: uh Adelman, I think
2: Yeah and he had been banned this season for four games for using EPO so the one that the cyclists use <laughs> so it is <clears throat> it, it raised this big debate which is interesting that in American sports the players have negotiated what happens with them so if they say right if a guy gets done no marijuana or steroids he will get a two game suspension or four games now he loses a lot of money of course and he can't play and the teams lose so it's a big punishment but yet everyone's doping everyone's using it so it's a, it's a, it is a strange thing but this is be due to player power. Yeah. Um, okay, halftime show, tell us what happened.
4: Oh my god. Well, I don't know. I personally th- thought it was okay and but everybody else seems to think that it's just terrible. I think people say it's the worst in the hist- like uh, history of the Super Bowl. And it's uh purely I don't know. I, I guess it's cuz Maroon 5 before maybe nobody like nobody really I don't know enjoys their music nowadays. Maybe that's the case. People people have been talking uh, bad stuff about Travis Scott too. I get I don't know why. I think he was, was topless. No 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 no. That's Adam Levine. Travis ah, Scott came that, in a meteor, that's and then right, yeah and that's then right. yeah. I thought it was really cool. And everybody everybody says like, like why did they like have him like because he was like singing and it was just because like, he I mean, he was supposed to rap, but he like kind of sung it out a little bit just to I don't know like. I, mean, well, I don't know. It just seems. I don't, I don't know why he did, but he sung it out a little bit and people hated it. I think.
7: Okay. Well, I mean, another thing was that um, the creator of SpongeBob passed away in 2018, and there was a petition that was like, I think a million people signed that they wanted to, like, like some song from SpongeBob, they wanted to play to the uh, halftime the, show, um, and they played it for legitimately five seconds. No, really? it wasn't. It wasn't song.
4: No, 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 It was. It was like the. Remember when uh, the they all the, the the Bikini Bottom? They did yeah. a, a halftime. It was like an episode. They did a halftime show there, and so everybody was like, "Yo, let's do that! Like, the, let's make SpongeBob oh. do the halftime show." But what they did, what they did was Squidward just <laughs> announced Travis Scott. And they were just a little N- bit. Uh, Nicky, are you following this?
5: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> are, you, are you a fan of SpongeBob SquarePants?
5: No, I hate oh. SpongeBob. Whoa!
2: Whoa. Okay. You you just Unpopular cut your listenership opinion. in half because I think half your listeners would be fans of SpongeBob. <laughs> I just
5: I don't like SpongeBob. but I like the star. What's his name?
2: Patrick. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, there were just some Patrick before we get on air. Okay, and hold on, just before we move on from this, who are your favorite cartoon characters or cartoons?
5: Oh, I'll have to get back to you with that.
2: Okay, boys. (laughs) Your favorite cartoon character? I know it's a sports show, but let's just go with this for a moment. Uh, Um, Alex, your favorite cartoon? The wolf
7: from Nupogadia with (laughs) his (laughs) bellamores.
1: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Classic. Yeah. yeah, That's very
4: good. That's old school. That's okay, Peter. I'll I'll go with. I don't know. Like when I was growing up, I really liked. In one episode of Nupagadi, uh, I remember that they had this, like, robot. Like a, oh, as, yeah. yeah. like a rabbit <laughs> robot. <It was> just, <laughs> and he was just, yeah, he was going and, like, trying to kill Vogue or something yeah. like that. But that was, that was when then the, the, the
2: little rabbit, he also became a robot. There was a robot rabbit. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Was, and, and then the, I remember that episode because I watched it with Tim, my little guy, and the, the song um, Travano Doma, The Grass of Home by yeah. Zemliani yeah. was in that. And basically the, the, vulc- the wolf, he goes into the space Capsules. Some of these were out of control. They, I mean, I don't know what these people were drinking, smoking, or taking to make the tattoos. <laughs> oh, <for all, laughs> just... Probably
7: Bellamore and vodka. Be yeah. I'd <laughs> say uh, something stronger than that because that yeah. would be yeah.
2: right. okay. Okay. Uh, commercials. What were the best? Pick the best because so, this so is what we all watched the Super Bowl for. Are yeah, the commercials
4: definitely, definitely? So I picked out like a, I don't know, just a, f- a few that I like. Bud Light I think they were like very funny they did like a medieval themed commercial like a series of commercials and um, but this is
2: standard for Bud Light they have this like kind of like um, uh, for all their advertisements they do this like in his court but it it really went over the top at the Super Bowl it was brilliant it was great
4: so they had like the, the Bud Knight and they teamed up with Game of Thrones, and Bud Knight was like battling <laughs> it out with the Mound from the Game of Thrones. Of course, Mound kills him in the end, and then oh, a yes dragon too. swoops in, lets ev- like it just sets everything on fire, and then like the the Game of Thrones music starts playing. Oh, there's
7: marketing for you.
4: <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's very
2: very basic. My my favorite was Amazon. I, uh, I watched
4: that was. Do you see it back and Do you see that? It's
2: very. It's Harrison Ford. He puts it like the, we've um, we've developed a new series that can
4: like. It's yeah, no, no. It's like no. The, uh, nah, they, they were like, oh, let's think of like new usages for like Siri the, 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 no, not Siri, the Amazon no. thing.
5: ASMR. Also, they they brought an ASMR commercial.
4: What, what? you
5: don't know what that is? It's autonomous. something no, I know something. What it
4: is, but I don't remember. Like, I what. don't remember. <laughs> who, who did
5: it? <laughs> I, I re- it was a company of uh, a drinks company.
4: Uh, I don't okay. know. I, I, could, remember, I could see that. Like, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember <laughs> some like
5: they were pouring <laughs> a drink into a glass, and oh. that was ASMR.
4: Oh.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what ASMR is. I, I
4: remember oh, this sorry. like uh, the the one beer company was. Like, really, I was I was like semi funny for me. I don't know. Stella Ortiz, and then oh, and then yeah. they got like Big Lebowski to come in, and like the, the joke was you, like goes to the bar and like. Um, the guy's like oh you want a white Russian because it's like a stocking drink he's like no give me a Stella Ortiz and everybody like flips out in the restaurant
2: (laughs) for one where um, Harrison Ford is in it and he puts this collar on his dog which can translate what the dog said so the dog is barking going "Um, I want uh, order food order food and it's like order gravy order nuts and then, like, how, sort of, you better not be this And then at the very end of the commercial, this huge big, like, truck pulls up with all, of, like, yeah, crates yeah. and crates of dog food. And he's like, you better have a good explanation. It, it was quite funny. The one that, um, what was the other Oh, there was the one with the Hall of Famers. where yeah, yeah they the had NFL commercial. That, that is the that best. Was, that's of, the it, it really one, was. I mean, there's, there's lots of bad things with the NFL, but that was
4: absolutely yeah, class. Yeah, they, because they made, like, fun of, like, little... Little things about every player, pretty much. It was really funny, I think.
2: It was like Jim Brown, who was, of course, the outstanding uh, running back for the uh, Cleveland Browns as well. So basically, the ball falls off a cake and you go fumble and you all jump for the ball. Okay, anything else from the Super Bowl or around the Super Bowl that caught your interest that, that uh, was remarkable?
4: Well, I, 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 I tried to figure out what, what, what's the new color for the Gatorade is, but I just didn't see it. Oh, yeah, it. what like, was I, it? Because that's I what know. Andy said. And I don't know. Like, I tried I to find it, it out and I just. They, I they, thought they, they, it was an orange. I think it was like something like orange, like pinkish orange. I'm not sure. I have to like check it. Like I would search it up on the web later. Okay. But I don't know. All right.
2: Okay. We'll move on to uh, NBA. Well, okay. Anyway, are you happy at the patch one?
4: Yeah. Sorry, Very. Six-time uh, uh, six uh, uh, Super Bowl champion Don- Tom Brady. I mean, Third-time uh, Super Bowl champion Gronk and Edelman.
2: And of course, of course, Julie was talking about this, like the Valentine's Day kiss oh, competition. Way, so way. I think that Tom and the owner of the Patriots can enter into that Valentine's Day longest uh, kiss yeah. competition. <laughs> yeah, so because yeah, uh, yeah. they did uh, have a yeah. bit of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. lip action after the game. Let's just move on from that. So okay, uh, yeah. right, we're going to move quickly away from this. Um, okay, deadline day transfer trade deadline day in the NBA right now. Now, of course, there's a huge, huge, huge one going on around Anthony Davis. Uh, the Lakers are looking to try and get him. Alex, uh what's the
7: likelihood of this superstar going out to the West Coast? Uh well uh well there was only about twenty four hours left until the trade deadline, so I don't see him going there like now, but um however there was uh he did say that uh his end destination is Los Angeles. So he's so any team that is gonna get Anthony Davis until then is is gonna be a rental situation because he wants to go there. He's if he doesn't go to LA now, he's going to wait until he becomes a free agent. He's going to sign with LA. Okay, we we just even right now that the Pelicans. I mean, they're an yeah. OK team, but they're a, you know they're a developing
2: franchise. Um, look looking around, are there any other deals that are like sort of looking like that could happen in the NBA? That like a sort of that's a big blockbuster trade. But anything else yeah. that's, that that could be on the on the ropes?
7: Uh well, um, well the first thing was that uh, about a week ago. Uh, Chris Saps Prozingis got traded to the Mavericks he of so, course is a Latvian superstar yeah the Latvian superstar <laughs> and so they're going to have Luka Doncic who's like the best rookie in the, in the past like well since LeBron probably so him and uh, Prozingis and Dirk Nowitzki who is, this is he's playing his last season so there's going to be like a little Eastern European trio there that's right um, Nowitzki of course he's, uh, he's uh, German oh yeah, he's yeah German. well, okay. well <laughs> let's say just Central European oh, yeah. that. Or, or European, uh, European uh, that. the Eastern European demon <laughs> so um, <laughs> No, but the thing about the pelicans was what um uh, originally made Anthony Davis leave was that um well he this, this guy well first of all he's like the best like big man in the NBA right now and um uh, so it's fascinating how he like doesn't really care about money he just wants to win and he said that um in um
2: He's about six foot ten, isn't he? He's yeah, like he, he's,
7: he's he's two meters No, but he's also like this height apparently. doesn't like it's hard to be like very athletic at that height. Yeah. Like I remember Yao Ming like he wasn't athletic at all. Or, right? or Shaq, for example. You know, Shaq. Uh, well yeah. he, he wasn't athletic. He was, a, he was, was just dominant, player, but, yeah. yeah,
2: dominant player, but yeah.
7: Yeah, so Anthony Davis, he's like very athletic. So um but like what made him leave was he got frustrated how the um in the city that he plays in, every like all the Everybody like they only cared about like their football team, not about the Pelicans. So in New Orleans, they only cared about like the Rams. So like Saints, oh Saints, sorry,
1: <laughs>
7: oh, uh, yeah. So they, <laughs> I, Peter shaking his head. Going, getting, oh my God, well, the, the, sa- the, sa- the Saints were getting all <laughs> the attention, and uh, so he wasn't
2: very happy about that. I mean, it, it is. It's very very hard when you're in a city like that, like New Orleans, where the Saints had this kind of I don't know, well, they're a very strong franchise anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's like with you know, if you look at other cities where there's they're a one city franchise, so, you know, yeah. Miami. Of course, they have the Heat and they have the uh, what do you call it? the little dolphins as well. Oh yeah. So I mean, so it is like with New Orleans. No, they are just saints, saints, well, saints. Well, uh,
7: another thing is that like if he wants to win, he should have like I think he should have gone to either the Raptors or the Bucks because um, while well, they both have a one superstar, so the Bucks have Giannis. Uh, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last the green name. The Greek guy. Yeah, the Gre- the Greek freak, <laughs> and they also have the. Um, and Toronto, they have Kawhi. So, like, if he would have gone to either of these teams, like, he would have gone to the finals guaranteed because, like, the East is pretty weak right now. Would you reckon that he could go to the Celtics? Uh, he could go to the Celtics this summer, but just because- to be a loner. No,
2: no, if, if Davis
7: goes right now, would it be if he goes uh, to the Celtics? Not right now, no? because the Celtics, uh, well, the way the NBA works, like right now, the Celtics can't make a trade until June 1st. Ah, okay, so it could be yeah. in June 1st. Okay, now looking down, just the, the quick rundown in the Eastern
2: Conference, after 39 games played, or sorry, uh, more than 39 there's 52 games played, the Milwaukee Bucks are top, Toronto Raptors, Alex's team, they're in second, Peter's team, Celtics are in third, uh, Pacers are in fourth. And over in the West, the Golden State Warriors, they are first, Denver Nuggets chasing them hard, Oklahoma. City Thunder third and Portland Trailblazers in fourth of course the Cleveland Cavs they are absolutely they're in a mess <laughs> 11 wins oh, from 54 the Knicks
7: are worse than the Cavs yeah I, well oh. I mean well, the Knicks are usually cool. awful
2: like I mean the Knicks, oh, Knicks are just oh, the
7: Knicks are always
2: like, yeah Knicks have, Knicks have 10 wins and Cleveland have eleven. Yeah, yeah. Knicks, Knicks have always kind of been the punching bag in New York the sports days. they're just like you know since Ewing and that yeah, was gone like, I mean they're just a joke alright now we're going to speak about the uh, of course the Six Nations coming up there's a huge game coming up this weekend. We're going to speak with Andy in just a moment. Uh, Scotland against Ireland on Saturday, that's 5.15, Moscow time. Uh, Then on, uh, also Saturday evening, then Italy-Wales in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. And on Sunday in Twickenham, England and France, the Brexit Derby. Okay, we're going to go out to the break right now. We're going to come back with uh, Mr. Andy McLean. However, we will have something that needs to play when we... Uh, you, our boxing team. We finished our, our our fights when we usually when we won. Normally, well, it was sometimes uh-huh. we did really win. We played this song. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's madness and our house.
1: Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Wears his Sunday best. Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. Sister's sighing in her sleep. Brother's got a date to keep, you can't hang around. Our house, in the middle of our street. Our house, in the middle of our. Our house, it has a crowd. There's always something happening, and it's usually quite loud. Our mum, she's so house proud. Nothing ever slows her down, and a mess is not allowed. Our house in the middle of our street. The rest of the kids are playing up downstairs Sisters sighing in her sleep Brothers got a night to keep, he can't hang around What's up? I'm Don Diablo. You're listening to Hexagon
6: Radio in Capital FM Moscow. Every Friday, 11 p.m. on 105.3.
1: Don Diablo's Hexagon Radio on Capital FM Moscow. We speak English. We play a hit. Capital FM. With
2: Alan Moore. Okay, folks, welcome back to part three and the last part of Capital Sports for tonight. I hope you enjoyed that last little tune. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's like it's over 30 years old. But um, anyhow, anyhow. So, Nikki, was that a good song? It sure. You enjoyed it?
5: <laughs> yes, yes, I good. did. Of course, I enjoy all the songs that you pick.
2: Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Nice compliment. You're very, not many people will say that, but thank you very much. <laughs> You'll yeah, enjoy the last song we play out with. It's really inspirational. Okay, boys, song good? uh yeah it was a a b- b- magical, <laughs> magical i really like the
7: story behind the song
2: the story behind yeah. The song, yeah the story behind the song is it's much better but anyway okay <laughs> so six nations um ireland let themselves down a little bit but uh well we'll talk about that right now because we're going all the way all the way to eastern moscow yeah out to the east so we were far 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 away in two men now we're moving a step back uh, to east moscow to the studios of russia today and the chief propagandist andy mclean how are you doing
6: taking a break from that propaganda at the moment <laughs>
2: <laughs> so listen you're still, you're still telling everyone that um, you know Ireland is bad Ireland's useless to try and build up for the Saturday's game correct
6: um, I'm actually a little bit worried that England's kind of poked the beast <laughs> and now you're going to devour us at the weekend Yeah.
2: so we'll be exposing you with lifted kilts and basically showing that have you got any panties on or not
6: yeah, our neeps and tatties will be fully exposed to the world. I think. Yeah. So a,
2: yeah, I think it's gonna be cold up in Murrayfield. The boys here are just going, "What the hell are you talking about?" See, Scotsmen wear kilts. Now you can ask Andy. Ask him what. Ask what do Scotsmen wear under a kilt, Andy? What, what does What does Scotsmen wear under kilts,
6: Andy? Please. <laughs> Very traditionally, nothing.
7: Oh yeah. So
2: you the don't. More you know. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> this is like with Peter's like yeah. explanation of Jamaican slang before we came on air. It's like oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I that that. That, oh yeah! yeah again, the, the more
7: you know, you know, yeah. The less I know is probably better. <laughs> it um, just ruined Braveheart for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Would you not remember Braveheart? They lifted their kilts. Really? Yeah, I haven't seen the movie.
6: Oh I my I god, just, Andy, did you hear one. that? I did hear that they do. Yeah,
2: yeah. The greatest There's story a ever. Of
6: Australian people stood on a hill lifting their kilts.
2: Irish Australian, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> lots of Irish there. So, listen. Okay, <clears throat> running down on the results from last week. Okay, so I'm it's going to bring us through them. So, of course, first game on Friday night was Wales and France.
7: Yeah. So uh, Wales beat France twenty four nineteen. So then there was Ireland and England, the the big match that we're all we're all waiting for. And <laughs> so England beat Ireland, the the reigning champions, by twelve points, and. Um, Scotland, Italy, um, as much as I was rooting for Italy, they lost by, by 13 points to Scotland. Yeah. So, Nicky, I don't think they're going to win the uh, championship this year. <clears throat>
2: but I- you did. You did change. You did say Wales would probably win.
5: Yes, I did at the end, but I was uh, mostly for Italy the oh. most time. But um, so
2: Andy, that, that 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 big one, the game on Friday, that was a bit of a cracker, wasn't? It? Because France looked very, very impressive. Wales just couldn't get their 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 leaks in order, and then all of a sudden they came back and won.
6: Yeah, it was uh, it, it was brilliant watching. Obviously, two very different halves. Uh, French mistakes in the second half were really costly. Um, the weather obviously had a big impact on that as well. There were a lot of misplaced kicks and penalties. I think it was France only had a 43% kick uh, success rate, which is extremely low for that level of rugby.
2: And, of course, after they, they, they missed, I think it was like three kicks, uh, or I think two kicks like to follow up to get the extra two points after a try. So, I mean, that was you know, you can't do that at that level of rugby and expect really to try and costly, win. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> of course, uh, no, P- Peter actually watched the Ireland-England game. We won't say where, but Peter, you... Not, you, not you, the
4: Ireland-England game. Oh, the you, Wales-France game.
2: Wales-France game on Friday night. Okay. And yeah. you met a lot of Welsh people.
4: Yeah, they, as they were yelling and swearing and cussing and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying to be very, very nice with this. Andy, you
2: know where he was actually where, uh, watching this game. Yeah. Um, I think you might... No, you weren't I there. You were, Yeah, I think you know where he was watching that game. Um, the, the Scotland-Italy game. Italy made a bit of a comeback at the end, but I think Scotland had taken their foot off the gasp at that stage. Uh, they, were, you know, they, they won 33-20 in the end. But Italy, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they could have gotten a losing bonus point for that, couldn't
6: they? They were very close. Certainly, they rallied after Scotland went down to 14 um, it took the gloss off what was an efficient performance for Scotland. I think it's only the second time they've scored more than 30 points against Italy in about six years. So positives for both, maybe.
2: Okay. Moving to next week, of course, that, that, or this week, as you said, that could be the case. Ireland flopping against England. They, you know, they weren't at the races for most of them. They're giving away easy tries, like messing up and so on. Losing 20, uh, 20 points to 32 the Eng- England team came in, they, were, they, got, they had a benefit of some very odd calls from uh, the French referee Garcet, didn't they?
6: I think there were odd calls throughout all of the games. Um, it seemed like the referees were kind of guessing at things rather than being able to pinpoint who was responsible for, for fouls. But yeah, there were a few strange ones. But I said last week, if England turned up and brought that sort of physicality that they showed against New Zealand for more than 20-30 minutes they would give Ireland problems. And despite Ireland having much more possession, I think 63% or something in the second half, uh, they they didn't really threaten England's try line. Okay. So, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, disappointing for Ireland, but I think it deserved loss as well because it just showed when Ireland were behind, the atmosphere in the stadium was dull as anything. So this whole you know, the, the, the pushing of, oh, Ireland, a, a team of us, and so on, just really doesn't see... Like, Ireland is not a rugby country in any way, shape, or form. So, I think it it, it showed through a lot of uh, deflated um, balloons uh, on, on on Saturday evening. Okay, Alex is going to run
7: run through uh, the fixtures for this week. Okay, Alex, where you go? Uh, so, on Saturday, uh, uh, so we're going to have two games on Saturday. We're going to have, uh, well, a big one for here in the studio, Scotland and Ireland. And... Um, then after that we're gonna have Italy and Wales, and so Italy's a bit is in a, in a bit of a pickle here. And, uh, <laughs> so then the big one is on Sunday England and France. Okay, the first one, Andy, Scotland Ireland. Okay, so the, you know
2: the the beast might have woken from Ireland, but the other way, Scotland, their tails are up, and you know they 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 look at Ireland after losing, thinking, do you know what, we could do this.
6: Yeah, Scotland have a decent track record against Ireland at Murrayfield. They've won that- uh, three of the last five but as i said yeah i just think ireland technically are too good scotland showed glimpses against italy finn russell there was um probably the play of the weekend for me was a sideways spiral kick pass um that went 40 odd yards and landed directly into the wingers path i mean he didn't even have to break stride um, if Scotland can produce moments like that, they'll have a chance. But I think Ireland uh, will probably make the most of um, Scotland's poor record with penalties and, and discipline. So you're going for Ireland? I think it will be a. Oh, okay. maybe uh, a five-point swing, Ireland. Okay, uh, Italy-Wales.
2: You had to fancy the Welsh in that one.
6: Yeah, after... Um, their second half performance against France, I don't really give Italy much of a chance. And it was interesting to see Warren Gatlin, their coach, say that Wales have just forgotten how to lose.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's this sort is... of an
6: inspiring rallying call to the troops.
2: And this is his last season as well. He's leaving after two grand slams and you know, great successes. He's going to focus fully on the Lions, correct?
6: Yeah, well, that's the plan at the moment, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Okay. And of course, the big one, the big one uh, England, France, six o'clock at Twickenham you know, on Sunday. Um, they're, they're two big, super-sized, chemically enhanced bunches of players smashing the hell out of each other. Um, frightening tackles going in, uh, of course, by both teams against their opposition this past weekend. Um, England have just probably a little bit too much, have they?
6: I think if France can play it dirty. Um They've, they've, they've got a chance. They're probably the only side, I think, that could match England physically. Uh, against Wales, France's pack was 45 kilograms heavier than than the Welsh. So it'll be interesting to see if it's scrappy and France turn it into malls and and, and hit England hard at rucks. Okay. They need to improve on their kicking. But they have, there's a small chance, but I think England will just be too good.
2: Okay, you're going England. Okay, Peter, for... Okay, right, run through, okay... Uh, Scotland or Ireland, Peter? Ireland. Ireland, okay. Where, Italy or Wales? Italy. <laughs> okay, Ireland, Italy. <laughs> You're just guessing at this stage. Okay, and England, France? Let's go with um, England. England, okay. Yeah. Cool. Ooh, okay, he's hedging his best. Okay, Alex. Uh, Scotland, Scotland, Ireland? Uh, Scotland. Scotland, okay. Um, Italy, Wales? Wales. Wales. <laughs> Wales and England, France? France. France. Okay. Nikki, stay on.
1: Yes.
2: Okay, well, I'll ask you the question now. (laughs) All right, Nikki, uh, Ireland or Scotland?
5: That's not fair. Considering I have no idea, I have to say Ireland.
2: Okay, good girl, Ireland. Well, Uh, Ireland is closer to you, so I understand why you would. Yeah, yeah, if you're here, Andy, she'd just go for you every day. Italy or Wales?
5: Uh, I'm still going to do Italy.
2: Italy. Even though you said Wales would win overall, now you're backing against yourself.
5: (laughs) I told you I'm clueless. I'm just I'm <laughs> trying to be
2: <laughs> All right, England or France? France. Ooh, ooh la la. Okay, very very good. Okay. Um, that's that's quite good. I'm I'm I I think actually I, I do. I'm back in Scotland. Against my own team, I'm back in Scotland. <laughs> I'm back in Wales and I'm back in England. So there you go, that's that's my three picks. Okay, Andy, uh, Peter, have you got uh, fixtures for this weekend for the Premier League? We were discussing earlier on, uh, it's getting tight at the top. So the, you know, and of course it's very, very loose at the bottom. But at the top, Liverpool are leading away with 62 points. Manchester City, 59. Man City, they're playing tonight. If they beat Everton, they will go top of the table at least... Until the weekend, what do you reckon, Andy? Will it be City winning tonight?
6: I think so. They've won their last two against Everton, three one. Um, I just think Everton are struggling at the moment. Manager under a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of pressure, and they've lost home games three one to Wolves, six two to Spurs. They seem to be all over the shop at the moment in terms of what their you know their, their, their game plan. Or um, I don't know what's happening there at the club at the moment but they're in a bad way and I think Man City will take the 3 points.
2: Okay, all right. So Peter, you give a rundown what's up this weekend.
4: I I so well today we have Everton going up against Man City of course at 10:45. Then on Saturday we have Fulham versus uh, Man United, then Crystal Palace going to uh, going up against uh, West Ham, then uh, Huddersfield uh versus Arsenal, then Liverpool are battling it out with Bournemouth and all of these games are at 6: uh, then we have uh, Southampton versus Cardiff, uh, Watford-Everton and Brighton-Burnley.
2: Okay, so it's Watford, not Waterford, Watford. Andy. Ah, <gasps> Watford!
4: He said Watford again.
2: Listen, Andy, which, which of those games at the weekend have has your nose twinkling for a bit of uh, a bit of, uh, bargain?
6: I've been looking at the lower half of the Premier League table this weekend and possibly Brighton's good home form, uh, also Southampton up against Cardiff I know Cardiff obviously had a bit of a a comeback after all that they've been through with a good win but I think Southampton at home might just be too good for them as well and probably good value. Okay so
2: Southampton pulling away from relocation struggles uh, against and dumping Cardiff back in. Still on that actually before Peter goes on, uh, that moment today when Cardiff City are being threatened by Nantes over Salah, I mean it's a bit wrong isn't it?
6: It is, but it's still a contract business. Goes on. Um, I, I mean, it's the transfer window's gone. not are probably frustrated that they didn't get to spend a penny of that money on replacing a, possibly their best player. Um, I mean, God, God rest him. But you know, there's still a football club that needs to function and make sure that they're still going to, you know, click on and stay in in League One.
2: Okay. OK, that's, that's fair enough. And they're having a, a rough time in any case. OK, Peter has the last two games over the weekend.
4: Yeah, uh, on Sunday we have uh, Spurs versus Leicester at 4.30 and the big one at 7, Man City, Chelsea.
2: OK, Man City, Chelsea.
6: Man City for me. Man City. So six points. Sorry, comments. Sir. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry seems to have just lost the plot at the moment.
2: OK. Because, yeah, Chelsea, of course, the, the, their coach, Sarri, he, he seems to have some real issues with players and teams. Um, okay, listen. Annie, just
6: also, I wanted you, to put you out of your misery. Go on. The Gatorade was blue,
2: blue, blue Gatorade, Peter.
6: And uh, ASMR, yeah, autonomous sensory meridian response. There you go. It's a short video that relaxes you.
5: I makes explained you feel in good. the break, yeah.
2: Nikki is really happy with herself, god damn it. It's a okay, feel good video. Okay, feel good video. Thank you very, very much for that. Listen, uh, talk about feel good, uh, the good Dr. Freeman. The good Dr. Freeman missed the uh, tribunal again today. He, his lawyer said it, or his, uh, well, Ballester or solicitor said that he's ill. This, of course, is surrounding the Team Sky doping uh, scandal. Uh, do you think that he's going to be sick until May, until the statute of li- limitations runs out and they can no longer investigate Team Sky? Because it'll be eight years after the incident took place.
6: For Team Sky and, a number, and another um, number of sporting organisations, they'll be hoping he's permanently ill.
2: Right. Now, if that was in Russia, Andy, if someone said the doctor is permanently <laughs> ill, there'd be a big scandal. They'd be saying, What are the Russians doing to their poor doctors? But this is kind of, you know, it's all been brushed over. And funnily enough, a lot of these um, cycling journalists are gone very, very quietly. Only our own Dan Rowan uh, from BBC has been trying to chase it up. But it really looks like an ultimate cover up, doesn't it?
6: I think it's a delaying tactic in order to sort out what's right, what's wrong, and how they're going to go about their defence case, etc um i think it's quite normal really i think it happens quite a lot in cases but this is obviously a very high profile one
2: okay so basically and then grian thomas coming out saying that uh the of course of uh, tour de france win from this sh- last year saying that cycling is a clean sport uh or is a clean sport of all so i mean kind of i think a lot of people are living with their head in the clouds
6: yeah i'd like to see his kitchen
2: <laughs> all right listen and you get yourself back inside have a bit of a, a cup of tea or coffee and thank you very much and we'll see you this weekend Thank you, Niu. See you Thanks, go. Andy. Thank you. All right, folks, we are finished up for this evening. So, boys, thank you very, very much for very, very good much. work. Thank you for having know, us. We yeah. we didn't, unfortunately, have a chance to chat about chess. We'll come back to that next week as well. The Moscow uh, Open yeah, last yeah, week definitely. and the University Ad, which is taking place here in Russia in just a couple of weeks, out in Krasnoyarsk. However... Alex, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Peter, thank you. Thanks. For having... Nikki, stay. Thank, thank you very you. much again. Thank you for coming. And I know you're very happy because now our listeners know what ASMR is. Yes. I, I still have to find out what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll send
5: you some videos.
2: Thank you very, very much. Okay, folks, we're going away with a song that was uh, blowing up the charts in 2012 around the uh, London Olympics. Of course, the cleanest ever Olympics, was now turned out to be one of the dirtiest ever Olympics in history. We're going away. We'll be back next week on Capital Sports here on Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore. This is Shannon Knoll and Shine. Have a great week.
1: Capital Sports with Alan Moore.